Welcome to a new episode of the Excel Magazine podcast. My name is Diana Olenik, your host, and today we're going to be speaking about Rocket VR Health. So the vision of Rocket VR Health is to provide the most engaging and effective way for people to improve their mental health and wellness by leveraging proven therapeutic interventions enhanced by the power of virtual reality. Their immersive mental health platform utilizes neuroscience-backed meditation and therapeutic techniques delivered at self-guided or facilitator-led sessions in breathtaking immersive environments. I had the opportunity to uh, meet previously Nick, who is uh, one of the co-founders of Rocket VR Health. And I can say right now that it is so fascinating to learn how all of these um, technologies are allowing for people to even receive treatments remotely, which is uh, very exciting. So, of course, if you are interested about this topic, it's always amazing to be able to hear directly from them. So let's do it. Hello, Nick. I'm super, super excited by having you here today. How are you doing today, by the way? I'm doing doing amazing. Thank you, Diana. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. So please let us know about your background and perhaps how Rocket VR got started. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I've been working in tech for about 10 years. I started my career off working in uh, data analytics, um, helping uh, companies make better sense of their information with uh, business intelligence solutions, mainly working with um, large organizations uh, as well as uh, the government um, and uh, moved into cybersecurity, helping protect people's information um, with antivirus, firewalls, encryption. Um, my focus has really been on, on this um, sales and marketing side. So really helping uh, take these very complex solutions and and really um, showcase the the business value uh, to companies. Um, around 2019, I was really inspired to become an entrepreneur, um, taking what I've learned from working with these amazing tech companies and and really um, creating something of value. Um, and um, my first startup was called Mind Leap Health. Um, it's an application that connects people to psychedelic therapists. Um, I've also been involved with several other tech startups, um, mainly um, in uh, biometric tracking um, within healthcare clinics, um, as well as um, artificial intelligence um, using an IBM Watson algorithm um, and a really interesting cryptocurrency price trend prediction application. Um, but after selling MindLeap uh, to a biotech firm, I, I began investing uh, in different tech companies. And this is how I connected with Rocket VR um, and my co-founder, Sid. Um, I love the idea of using immersive uh, therapeutics uh, to improve mental health. And um, after being an advisor and, and just seeing all the amazing progress, I was really inspired to, to be a part of this um, and really see how we can you know, uh, create um, the most engaging and effective mental health intervention using this new technology. Amazing. Thank you so much for your intro. So I'd like to know for someone who is maybe new in, in this field, it might be around they they had this question of why mental health 
in a, a medium like this? Is there uh, maybe some research that brings maybe this uh, data that it can it might be more effective? Or what would be the difference of having a, thera- a regular therapy session in person compared with in a media like VR? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so really mental health, um, therapy delivery has really evolved, you know, immensely in the last hundred years. It started off with, um, you know, not being important and, and really being ignored, um, to moving into going into the therapy couch and then mo- moving over to the telephone and now to the smartphone with, with mobile applications. And, um, as VR headsets become ubiquitous, and become the next great computing, uh, platform. Um, the benefits of, um, you know, 3D immersive communication and interactivity, um, are going to really translate into, you know, delivering mental health, uh, support. Um, so there's been a, a ton of research into this, you know, close to a hundred different research studies. Um, and really the biggest benefits of, uh, delivering mental health interventions within VR, um, are, uh, engagement. So engagement within mobile applications has been awful. Uh, I can tell you from experience that, you know, uh, and from research that um, after 30 days, 80% of users stop using a mobile mental health application. And a lot of that actually drop happened in the first three, four days. And a lot of that stems from, um, you know, distraction you know people having tiktok instagram the news their text messages and then they really aren't able to uh you know engage fully into it and i think whenever you put on that vr headset it fully removes all distraction puts you in the moment and you can really focus on on that intervention the second piece that really makes vr for mental health um delivery an amazing um solution um is really the interactivity so, you know, gone are the days where you're going to be watching a 2D video um, or, or you know, answering some questions on an application. You can actually be an active participant in, in this healing uh, journey. Um, and actually, um, you know, this is a really good approach when it comes to, you know, visual and kinesthetic learners, where you actually are being able to further remember the things that you uh are, are actually interacting with versus, you know, something that you would have, you know, via an audio is just a much greater improvement. Um, and there's still not a lot of data, uh, you know, kind of showing the, um, how the brain actually interacts within these VR environments and it really like, um, putting it side to side, but it is something that is coming and something that we're, we're looking to work on and a lot of other companies are to really look at the side by side comparison to really notice the improvements of, you know, upgrading mental health interventions, uh, to VR and XR as well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's, uh, that has been, um, like a common, new um understanding of um, people from different fields especially the med- medicine field uh, trying to find new ways and uh, in research it has been very well supported these uh, type of applications where patients 
for example, can have other experiences uh, before going to the surgeries or having some training, etc. So I, I feel that there is there is a lot, a lot of, um, of course, good uses there. Thank you for expanding on that. And in terms of the experiences that are there, particularly in Rocket VR, which ones are you working on and how are you maybe introducing the users to those type of experiences? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so far we've created um, about 18 cognitive behavioral therapy based games. So these are games that um, um, coincide with a learning lesson um, and, and the games really help our users understand um, how to manage your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, and how to change them um, in a more positive fashion. Um, so, t- to to give you an example, um, when really um, when we first started out the company, we 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 were had a great team of VR creators, designers, developers um, that, that have created many different video games, um, as well as movies and whatnot. And we knew that that was something that we're, you know, strong in, but we really wanted to um, actually work with, you know, some of the brightest minds to actually take uh, mental health interventions that have already been proven um, and and upgrade them to VR. So we actually partnered with uh, Massachusetts General Hospital um, out in Boston, their Harvard's research hospital and have some, you know, incredible um, mental health professionals working there. And we really work with them to to really figure out what is the best uh, patient population um, that would benefit from this the most. Um, and we found that um, patients undergoing stem cell transplantation are um, in the hospital for about 30 days. And because their uh, immune system is being regenerated, uh, they're actually unable to have access to the outside world. So what we what we've created with with our first digital therapeutic intervention um, is a way for for these patients to actually visit beautiful virtual reality nature locations where their mental health therapy sessions take place. So we've actually pre-recorded our our, our mental health uh, uh, psychologist, Dr. Hermie, on a green screen to put her into those environments where she delivers that learning lesson. Um, and then the patient then goes in and is able to then play a game that reinforces what they learned in that mental health learning lesson. And then they're able to then meditate in this beautiful location at the end and also whenever they want. Um, so we really wanted to, uh, you know, think about, you know, in this early user adoption phase, we really wanted to be very research driven, um, really take an intervention that's already proven so we know that it's going to work and then be able to then regular, rigorously study it in order for us to really build that, um, you know, experience of us actually, you know, successfully building these types of applications and then being able to then successfully deliver something that is effective before being able to then to, to release to, you know, kind of a, a broader public and, and, and start making it be, you know, commercially available through the Meta store, the Vive store, um, and the Pico store. Um, but before that, we just really wanted to make sure that, you know, these interventions actually work. And, um, I'm really excited to say our, our, our second, uh, uh, clinical trials undergoing um, it has already started, so we already have, um, you know, some more patients actually going through 
um, our, our four week intervention at, at MGH hospital, I guess, as we speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. So when you mentioned cognitive behavioral therapy and that you have some games uh, created for that purpose, what particularly do you mean by those games? How, how do they look like, uh, in regarding the application of cognitive behavioral therapy? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. So, um, we've, we've, we've taken, um, some important concepts and we've been able to translate them in, into different games. So I'll, I'll give you, um, one, one game that has been very impactful for people. Um, so there's, um, there's different ways you can cope with, um, uh, with stress or, or the bad things going on in your life. And, um, there's different types of coping strategies. So one of the coping strategies is problem focused coping. Um, and then, you use problem focused coping is when you can actually solve the problem. The other type of coping strategy is emotional focused coping, but you, you use emotional focused coping when you actually can't control the outcome of, of the problem that's happening in your life. So, you know, for instance, if, 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 um, if you have a cancer diagnosis, you know, you can't control what, how, how your, your, um, how your treatment is going to go. It's really out of your control. So then if you try to use um, um, a problem-focused coping strategy for something that you should be using an emotional-focused coping strategy, you're going to be feeling really bad. Um, but for me to explain this to you, you know, it has its complexities. So then what we did is we just created a game. So then um, you're, while you're – I think this game takes place in the forest – so while you're relaxing in the forest, um, these bubbles come up and then you have to match the bubble, which is the co- coping strategy to the correct. Um, is it an emotional or problem focused coping strategy? So then you're able to then match it to the right um, side. You match the bubble to the right coping strategy. And then as you make progress, the tree starts growing. So then you can see the progress that you have. So then the visual, the visualization of you realizing the correct coping strategy to use is something that really sticks with you more than if you would read it or, you know, listen about it or, or somebody tells you. So then that actual experiential aspect of that game um, is something that, you know, users have told us really sticks with them. So then we've created a bunch more with, with, um, our mental health team and some of the doctors. So then we're really taking these uh, important concepts that you otherwise wouldn't know, um, you know, on your own, unless you read a book or, you know, actually, you know, we're interacting with therapy and we just made them more accessible and then more memorable and, and more fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That sounds uh, interesting. So you also have, yeah, those uh, facilitator led sessions, really. Uh, how was the process, the technicals of having someone in the green screen and then bringing it into Unity? I believe that's what you're using. How was the actual, like the challenges as well of those technicals of implementing these mechanics? Yeah. So, um, so we had to make some decisions. It was really interesting. Um, just because we're, you know, early stage startup, you know, you have to really be careful with what you spend your money on. And we really wanted to bring our doctor, um, as, as a, um, you know, 4K hologram into the experience. 
Um, so we spoke to some volumetric capture studios um, to really explore how that works. And, um, you know, the cost was just, you know, very high um, for, for our first application. We're, we're now, you know, we, we want to do it in the future for sure. Um, so one of our advisors, his name is Don from Charles River Media Group. They have a really great studio out in Boston. And um, he he suggested that um, if if we filmed a doctor um, for those um, learning lessons um, on a green screen um, and actually position it right and, and figure out uh, the actual lighting of the virtual environment and then match that lighting for the filming session on the green screen, we'd be able to place the doctor within that virtual environment. And then we'd be able to, you know, effectively be more cost effective than uh, having a, a 4K hologram. Um, so we, we, we took that um, and it, it turned out really well. Um, I think, you know, some of the important things is, is just knowing the, the distance where, you know, it actually looks very realistic and then being able to then match the lighting to the environment. So then being able to plan out, you know, if, you know, if you have the studio for an entire day, you know, what are all the shots you're going to get and what is the script that you're going through and then what is going to be the lighting for the different environments so then you can actually match it up and then be able to do your, sh- you know, your shoot very effectively are some of the um, kind of important parts of, of doing that. I think moving into the volumetric capture, um, you know, with that technology, I think it's going to be really interesting to actually have um, – you know, the interactivity in terms of, you know, placing avatars within, you know, um, the virtual environments and being able to, you know, communicate back and forth is, is something that we want to do as well. Um, as in, you know, kind of an AI mental health assistant that you can really pull out with your smart glasses in the future. Um, but in the beginning, it would just be, you know, somebody that assists you, you know, throughout your journey um, within a rocket VR intervention. But I think, you know, my advice would be is like, start small. You don't need to have, you know, something, um, you know, as, as incredible as, as these, you know, volumetric capture cameras. Like, I think you can really figure out different ways to really deliver those learning lessons. We've also delivered learning lessons, you know, fully via audio or, or, or via like a, a immersive journey that you go through. So it doesn't have to be, you know, something that is, um, you know, um, overly produced, I, I think as, as long as it, it, it is tasteful and it matches, you know, how it, the look and feel of the application, I, I think it can be done, um, you know, in a regular studio or, you know, perhaps n- not done at all, but done in a more creative fashion um, that, that still, you know, delivers the message, but, but is, is still an exciting part of the, the therapeutic journey that um, people go through. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. And so at what point of the production of the app, like the, the experience rocket VR, did you decide to take it already to the hospitals or to, to start showing it in, in the market? Um, so we, we started with the hospitals. Um, so we showed them a very small demo, uh, to get them on board and, and we created a partnership. Uh, with um, specifically MGH Hospital, um, where we developed the whole intervention together. And uh, we really wanted to do that um, just to make sure that it works. 
uh, and just to make sure that, you know, the complexities of, um, you know, the patients that we're working with were, were, were being kept in mind. So something that I learned, and I'm, this is why I'm so glad we had experts, you know, to work with us is, is specifically if you are working with cancer patients, um, and let's say you're creating an environment, well, creating a sunset is something that's a no-go. You know, the doctor's like, you can't have a sunset. You can have a sunrise, but the sunset symbolically represents, you know, kind of the end of life. So we don't want that. So then for us, it, it was it was very instrumental to be able to working with them. Um, we have, for some of our other interventions as well, we're working with, um, not in a co-development relationship, but more in like a research partnership. We're working with um, Penn Medicine in Philadelphia, um, for anxiety reduction uh, project. And then we're also working with uh, the University of Calgary um, for um, a pain reduction meditation program. So then with each one of those, we just really want it to be evidence-based and make sure that, you know, what what we're doing is rooted in science um, and it's not, not just in interactivity and fun and VR. So I think the combination of those two uh, facets, I, I think is extremely vital if, if you are, you know, working in the healthcare field. Mm-hmm. And right now, where the app is available? In what platform? Um, so we deliver our application using ManageXR to Pico Neo 3 uh, devices. And then currently we're, we're, we're still researching. Um, so it's not w- widely available. Um, we're really kind of taking the time to learn for, from, from our research studies. And then we plan on, on releasing, you know, broadly, um, in, in the new year. So be on the lookout sometime February, March. Um, we're, we're going to be in the app store with something that, that's just more, um, applicable to everybody, not j- just within cancer, but then it's really taking what we've learned from these research studies and then, t- um, you know, really improve, improving upon it. So, um, I'll definitely let you know, um, when, when our, when our application is out next year. Thank you so much. That sounds super exciting and it's been an incredible chat about therapeutics in VR. Um, please let us know. Do you have any other um, things that you'd like to add or do you wish I had asked you something else? No, this is great. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you to all the listeners as well. If if anybody's interested, um, you know, feel free to uh, reach out if, if you want to talk, you know, about a project you're working on or, you know, if, if you like our mission and, and you'd like to, you know, um, explore and joining the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. And see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you, Dana. Mm-hmm.